Hey, good morning, Nashville. This is the Money Man Mike Show, where we talk all things real estate. And this morning, we have Miss Andrea Brewer in the house from where? From Benchmark Realty. And what is your call sign? (laughs) (laughs) The wonderful Andrea Brewer, the Auburn War Eagle. That's right. You guys aren't going to be that bad this year after all. We're going to be great. going to be great? We should have won our first game, just so everyone knows. We did win our second, but... Jimmy, can you go back about five or six shows when she says Auburn was going to suck? Uh, yeah, give me just about three seconds. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, her ringtone barks, too. <laughs> That's what kind of ringtone she has. No, ooh, ooh. You know, I really want, there's a realtor that has a, when you call his phone, it rings, and it's like, our house is a very, very, very fun house. And I love that song. And I was like, I wish that was my ringtone. But then I was like, I could steal it. But then if the guy calls me back, he'll be like, that was my ringtone. <laughs> So. We need to just get a video of you just doing the Arsenio Hall ooh, 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 and make a ringtone for you. Uh, no, that'd be awful. I'd hear that all the time. It's a video tone. Everybody hates their own voice. Like, I want to go through life here in my own going, ooh, ooh, ooh. That's true. Yeah, but you can just... You can just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of put that around. I was like, okay. <laughs> you can still YouTube the Arsenio and put it on there. Oh, yeah, okay. You can uh, mix it up, so... Mm. We have treaded off into very weird ground. We always do in the show. I, I, I think we are there. <laughs> <laughs> David Lukey from Capital Homes. How are you, sir? I am excellent this morning. How are you doing? Not bad, man. And Chris Corvo from Midtown Title. Michael Thayer, good morning, sir. How are you, man? I am fantastic. You know, football is now here. We've had our first Titans game last weekend. We didn't do so well. Well, we did okay part of the time. The game was fun. The game's always fun. I think there's still opportunity. I, I, I just think it was a bad bad couple plays. They looked good the first half. It was three plays. Well, I'm going to suggest some of those guys not call Andrew Brewer and buy a house right now. <laughs> <laughs> they, they might need to uh, hey. wait for a few more weeks before they— <laughs> there, there is a kicker in Minnesota that's going to be putting his house on the market oh, dude, very soon. Holy joking? cow. Wow. What was his first three kicks he missed? Oh, he missed an extra point. And that, yeah. Holy yeah. cow. So He's going to be looking for new work very soon. Wonder if he can build homes. I, I don't know. Maybe need somebody. As long as he can build them straighter than he can kick them. <laughs> I don't know about that, dude. <laughs> Holy cow! That was. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Jimmy, how are you doing behind the glass, man? Oh, I'm doing great, man. Having a good time. Good. Wide awake now. Yeah, it's about time. It's what? <laughs> got, got my coffee over here. A little bit of laughter. Got everything going on. Here. <laughs> yeah. Little coffee and laughter. Mm-hmm. That'll do it for you. I think that's the title of a country song, or it should be. <laughs> Sounded pretty British to me. He's got <laughs> little the coffee there, and he's turning it up. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Oh man. Well, let's jump into this show, man. It's we got lots of stuff to go over. I don't think we're going to get to everything today, but uh, we're going to talk about. Andrew's got our list in the week. We got David's builder and uh, maintenance advice and tips, and then Chris has his closing tips and advice he's going to give us this week. But then we're going to try to get into. Is the current pace of homes, the sales of homes, sustainable? Do you think the current pace of homes is sustainable? We're going to touch on that. And then this time of the year, we always get into this conversation of where will rates be next year? Where are rates going? And I think the better question is, is where are home prices be? Because I don't see rates really moving that much. And we're going to talk about that some more. Excuse me. And then home values. You're starting to hear a few people some rumblings about there's a housing bubble. I, I mean, there's no housing bubble. There's some new graphs out from NAR that'll pretty much squash that. So, we're gonna, NAR. Who's that? Come on. 
National Association of Realtors. Well, everyone else doesn't know who NAR is. I was waiting for Jimmy to yeah, hit the atomic I, button I back there. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Jimmy, you asleep. See, I knew what that one meant. That's see, I'm, I'm like halfway in between, like the layman and then the industry, because I've done enough of these real estate shows. Yeah, so, yeah you're right. Learning. You're right. I should have caught you on that one. It's it, only one of us awake this morning, apparently. It, it sounds yeah. like something from the 50th That's anniversary funny. of I mean, Star you know, Trek. If you just want to have fun, we can do it anyway. We're going, Go ahead. We're going to Planet oh, NAR. Wait a minute. In a world where Mike and David know exactly what they're talking about, and the rest of us are saying, what the f***? <laughs> okay, what the heck is NAR? <laughs> Come on, you're supposed to play along. National Association of Realtors. Oh, you expect us to know that or something. Okay. Uh, I, I thought Andrew was going to pipe in and let us yeah. know. You think she might? She is a realtor. Yeah, that's right. I knew what NAR was, so. I thought it was a now, now, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to give Mike a hard time. Say that word again. Oh, man, now you're going to make me really think about it. Which one? <laughs> the the, 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 the realtors? No. The, the real do, do that one again. You're a real itor. You're a realtor. They, everyone teases um, me. There's no A in the middle of the word. Realtors. Realtors. There you go. I'm so conscious about the way I say it that I actually mispronunciate it. Real, misenunciate real it. Realtor. Real I'm not even going to say the word anymore. You house showing people. Hey, but I will tell you, I have been to be house listing people. House listing. I've been to real estate classes full of just realtors and had people a realtor say, "Oh, he's a realtor," and I'm like, "Really, dude? This is what you do for a living, and you obviously don't know how to say it." It just that and another one is realty. Realty. Yeah. See, look, look at my notes. How I actually? Did you say realty? Oh God, you're gonna make me screw this one up now. See how I spelled it out? Real tea. But see, that one's a little bit easier. <laughs> All you have to do is remember real tea, like iced tea. Real That's tea. exactly how I have That's it spelled out. That's how he spelled out. it. There you go. T-E-A. Mm-hmm. That's pretty funny. That is funny. Got to get right. the southern swing in there, I guess. Wait, so, so where is your house of the week this year, this week? The house, My house of the week is a coming soon in East Nashville, in the heart of East Nashville. It is walking to Five Points right off of 16th on Ordway. Ordway? Um, is that... Is that- Lachlan Springs area? That is Lachlan Springs. Primo. Is it in Lachlan Springs? It is. And wow. it is it is an awesome location. If you're not familiar with Sweet 16 Bakery, it's right down the street, which is like, I mean, <laughs> the best breakfast sandwich in the world. It's it's a yes. crack breakfast sandwich, if you will. Oh, yeah. Every time I take people there when I'm showing out of towners, they're like, I have to live by this bakery so I can get this biscuit. Wow. It's actually a scone. Oh, but wow. anyway... So, Sweet 16 is right down the street from my lovely house on Ordway Place. It is a right at 2,000 square feet, three-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bath home, and it's very nice. It's it's historic. It has It's very charming. That's in the historical ceilings. Bowling, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's a that's a great. I did a remodel down in that area. That's really a fantastic area. It's a lot of it's a lot of fun to walk around and just check out. Very the walkable area of town. It's going to be listed in the mid fours, and it'll be on the market wow. in probably the next week. Mid fours. So I'll be Springs. posting that on my site. Mm-hmm. Wow, and it'll be sold in about a week. Wow. That's, and what is your website though? You can find it on my website at eastnashvilleagent.com. Again, that's eastnashvilleagent.com. And if you can't find that, you go to moneymanmike.net and you can find all the links to everybody here, from wow. Chris to David and Miss Andra. We've got to head out to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about David's uh, tip for the week along with Chris's and jump into some of these other topics. You've been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. We'll be right back. 
Hey, welcome back to News Radio 1510 WIC, where you listen to the Money Man Life Show. And we are picking up right where we left off with all the comic jokes and side conversation. Well, Mike reminded me of the tip of the week, so I've got to get to my, my website, capitalhomeideas.com, real quick to find a tip of the week to remember to talk about. <laughs> Why don't you go through that Rolodex you got over there? Oops. Oops. Sassy. She's not here, man, so you can use your phone today. That's true. That's true. Oh Sassy God. the phone, internet. Damn, Mac uh, and Chris Corvo around. You know, I got a lot of that stuff on Facebook, too. I'll just have to run through Facebook. You get it out there. I mean, Capital Homes, Inc., I think, is my Facebook page. <laughs> it's still early in the morning. It is still pretty good. <laughs> it is still pretty good. Chris, you want to jump ahead and do the your tip of the week? You want to wait till later? I can jump right in here. Come on, man. I'm ready Fire to go. Away. He's a pro. I'm a unlike pro. Unlike some of us. He caught the NAR comment. Oh, I'm ready. You want me to be ready? I can be ready. I'm catching it all, man. That's what I'm here to do. Make sure you guys are doing it right. You go, Chris. <laughs> so, uh, my tip of the week. I do not take personal checks at closing. <laughs> People say, why won't you take my personal check? Would you give somebody your house and somebody promises you their check is good for $475,000? Sure. And you're going to give them the keys to that house on some uh, a check? No, it doesn't happen that way. People say, why? Wow, you don't trust me. It's not that I don't trust you. There's... You know, few bad folks have made it bad for a lot of the good folks. And we actually have state laws that do require funds to be in guaranteed forms. Um, it's called the good funds law. Mm-hmm. And what that means is anything under $1,000 can be accepted in a personal check. Our company policy is actually 500 or less. Um, anything from $1,000 to $5,000 actually can be in a cashier's check. Anything over $5,000, the funds must be wired ahead of time um, to our account for closing. So what happens if you have a bank that's out of state and maybe don't have any branches here? I would be contacting the bank as soon as possible to make arrangements to have the funds wired in that day and do not do it the, the same day of closing because you may run into problems where you won't get the keys. Now, now, Chris, this is a great point because I have people ask me this every now and then. And, you know, Michael will have given them a good faith estimate or their lender if they're foolish enough to use somebody other than Michael at Waterstone Mortgage. <laughs> so he'll give them a good faith estimate and then they're coming to your closing. And that good faith estimate, let's say, for example, it says you need $2,900. Okay. And so they need to get a cashier's check. I always tell them, get a cashier's check for thirty, $3,300. Yes. Chris will write you a refund on the spot. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're going to be without the money. You're going to get the refund on the spot. Am I correct on this? Yes, that is correct. We it, would refund the money if there was additional funds needed, so you have one less thing to worry about. We had a closing last week where the the lady used her bank, big, large bank with three letters in their name. <laughs> I'm not going to say the name, um, but she paid, ordered the wire two days in advance, paid $10 to ensure it would be there on fr- uh, a Friday. And at 3.30, she's calling the bank going, Where's, why haven't the wire been delivered? And they said, we told you we would initiate the wire today, and it's not the end of the day. Wow. And so she her, she had – this was a Friday afternoon. She had moving a moving truck coming Saturday morning and was not able to get the keys to her house because her funds did not arrive. Um, so always be prepared. The other thing I do not do, and I'll move on, um, is we do not take cash – um, at the closing table. For some small amounts, we will. But for people who have mattress money and they want to bring ten, fifteen thousand dollars to closing, you cannot do that. Um, really, anything over nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars ninety-nine cents has to be reported um, to the IRS. Um, but really, 
are most banks policies are if you're doing something that's an anomaly bringing five thousand dollars in cash they're going to report the money anyways so yes there are people with mattress money you need to either go get that's an a, account that's a patriot act thing right yes it yeah. is it so is a patriot act. you won't take rolled coins is what you're telling them no no i will not take rolled coins ten thousand dollars in quarters here you go that's here so comes the loomis wells fargo truck in, in my sales agreement i go through and sometimes people combine the idea of the builder deposit that I take with the down payment and the builder deposit and the down payment sometimes connect, but they're not necessarily, they're not, they're definitely not the same thing. So I'll, I'll go through and let's say they're paying 300,000 for a house. I'll say, okay, you get thousand dollars in escrow, $15,000 builder deposit, and you'll need to bring uh, $284,000 to closing. Please don't bring pennies. They're hard to count. I say that every time. <laughs> I get the laugh. People always enjoy that. But you know what's surprising yeah. when me and Andrew can talk about this? How many people don't expect you to cash their earnest money check? Yeah. Oh, my God. They're going to cash that? Well, yeah. We're going to make sure you have some money to move forward. <laughs> so the, the check will bounce or something, and they're like, well, I didn't know you were going to cash it. And it's like, <laughs> what'd you write the check for? I mean, exactly. come on now. I thought you would just hold the check. And I had an agent one time that called me, and this is a few weeks ago, and said, um, hey, the check's not going to be good. Can you just hold it? <laughs> Um, and then when the funds are good, I'll tell you, you can cash it. I'm like, first of all, you're not going to put in the contract that Midtown Title's holding money that's no good because I'm not taking responsibility of that. Because you have to have it in the bank deposited with a certain amount of days within. So he says, you know what? They're friends of mine. I know them. You can trust them. And I said, okay, agent, why don't you bring me the earnest money? Mm-hmm. And then if there's a problem, you can get the money from them. Yeah. And then that way, since, it's, you, trust since you trust them so much. And he's like, well, I don't want to do that. Well, then why are you asking me to <laughs> And I that? went, exactly the answer I just gave you, right? And uh, so it's a whole big discussion about about that. But yes, uh, people, you have to, money you bring to the builder, mm-hmm. you bring to the agency, it's going to be deposited um, because it has to be available should you default on your obligations to the contract. Yeah. You know, and, and, and for the people who, you know, the, in the scenario that I gave where I say overshoot it by three or four hundred hours, Right. Oh, I don't want to tie up my three or four hundred dollars for twenty four hours. <laughs> you know, you, may, you should not be considering buying a house. Know, if if, if really a three or four hundred dollars for forty eight hours even is going to really be the difference between your financial stability and your financial disaster, then you really need to buy a house. I then yeah, you need to just stay keep renting. I mean, I, I, I really just bring the extra, bring a few extra dollars. Chris, you give him a check back, and 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 right add, there. answer this too. You're a title company. And maybe I'm wrong on this, but isn't there also an extra layer of security that your check, because you're a title company, is of value when you write it? Is that is that correct or not? It comes out of my escrow account, so it's not a slush fund, and there's extra protections in place at the bank uh, for that. That because only the money, only, the only money I can put in that account is money that what comes in has to go right out. So it's not it's not an account where funds are just kind of held in in hopes that somebody's eventually I'm going to pay a bill or something out of it. And that that that. Escrow account is bonded, is that correct? Yes. And bonded and insured as well, correct? Yes. Yes. So if you were to go out of business overnight, that's all bonded and insured and not a problem. So I have title underwriters that back and bond these as well. I work with the two largest in the world, Fidelity National and First American Title. They're the two largest title underwriters in the world um, who I have uh, co-oper agency agreements with that back me. So if I don't do a good job and I get sued, I miss something. I have E&O ins- errors and omissions insurance, which would cover if I screwed something up. But if for something happened where the money went missing, uh, I do have title underwriters who are bond, bond, give me a bond and they back that and they would have to pay any claims out of there if funds was not available or 
So that they ensure your mistakes and they ensure your bad intent. If you ha- now you don't have any, but if you did have bad intent, they would ensure both your mistakes and your bad intent. Correct. That is correct. So they are they are obligated to take care of that. And if I was to do wrong, when people have done wrong, uh, they go after them at that point in time. And, and yes. what what happens if you do something with bad intent out of your escrow accounts? What happens next? Uh, typically, you end up eventually going to prison. Probably, <laughs> you get a special set of bracelets. No, you, you get nice, lovely jumpsuit of orange and black, and uh, to uh, and you get to go to a ho- ho- nice hotel off and away. But yes, that that stuff has happened in the past. Um, it's just inevitable. But but the consumer was protected. But this none of the cons- the consumers all got made were made whole. I'm about to say they're always protected with. with Who the says title rules? work is boring? Not me. We're talking prison this morning. Yeah, man. <laughs> Somewhere I don't want to go. Special yeah. jewelry, little resort hotel. Hey, we got to jump out to a break. We'll be right back. You've been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to News Radio 1510 WLAC. You are listening to the Money Man Mike Show. We talk all things real estate, along with how we would not look good in little orange jumpsuits for any kind of escrow fraud, anything like that. Orange is a good color on me, just so you know. Well, you know, you're orange and blue or whatever. What's the, what kind of blue is it? Orange and blue. Orange and blue. Is it actual navy blue or what's the? It's like a navy, yeah. Navy blue. Orange, navy blue, and Burnt orange, not UT orange. Just to be clear, UT Orange is ugly. Whoa. Or Eagle. Easy. (laughs) You do realize you're in Nashville, right? Yes. This is a Okay, all evil emails go to Andrew Brewer at gmail.com. There you go. Andrew Brewer at gmail.com. I can take it. Send all those nasty emails to her. Don't send them to me. Don't go to capitalhomeideas.com and go to the request for service information. Andrew. You know that. Just saying. I'm proud. We root for I all. I bleed orange and blue. <laughs> we root Keep for it all. Keep up. We're going to see the colors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a dogfight getting out of the studio this morning. <laughs> well, the question I started off with was what is, or actually is, the current pace of home sales sustainable? It's so interesting. Just Friday. I had Sassy update some information. It's only been a year since I've updated it. I was just kind of <laughs> feeling bad. I, I I do my own kind of data crunching from MLS, and I was looking at it. And actually, the number of homes, just in general, I'm just talking about single-family detached homes in MLS, not new homes or anything in particular. But the number of homes that are selling year over year is not up significantly, but the number of homes that are available is down dramatically. Yeah. And in general where there's stability in pricing is when there's at least three months supply, but not more than six months supply Mm -hmm. in that five, four and a half, five months range. That's where things are stable. Prices are going up, but not up dramatically, kind of in pace with inflation. You know, things are, things are stable. Um, In one area that we track the uh, month supply would be best calculated in weeks, not months. Yes. Um, and the highest one in an area that we track was right at three and a half month supply. Um, it, it, the, the supply is way down. I think that's holding back sales because people can't find what they want. But the number of homes, flat out the number of homes compared to uh, the pre-crash is still down. We're still not doing, selling as many homes now as we did before the crash. Do you think, though, if there was a floodgate of homes that hit the market, that it would cause 
you know, either the really into prices to really increase or just to really just flood our market with homes to where it wouldn't be as sustainable as it is right now? I think if there was uh, a dramatic increase in the number of homes in the market, and pretty much the only way to do that, by the way, Chris, is for builders to get busy and build a bunch of houses. Because yeah, they're not making any more unless you're building them. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. You know, generally speaking, people aren't going to sell their home unless they can find a replacement or uh, if the economy's bad. They're just not looking to move. I don't, you know, unless they're looking to move up. Um, so that's the only way is for builders to hurry up and build a bunch of houses. And I think, yeah, you can absolutely overbuild the marketplace. The, the reason that I don't see that happening in the next three years is because there's no lots to overbuild on. You know, the best, you know, the personal example, Delvin Downs. I mean, here we have 23 home sites to build on, and that's all I'm going to have for the next nine months. And seven of them are sold, <laughs> you know, and then that's, you know, boink, you know, like 16 and, you know, so I'm going to kind of take my time on those 16. I don't need to be in a hurry to, oh, I got to sell them real fast. I'm going to sell them and, you know, and, and kind of move through it because the development takes another year. I've got another 36 coming after that, but it's they're a year away. It'll be June 2017 before I can really sell those. So I would assume, Andrew, you'd have more buyers than you have sellers right now, right? Well, you kind of go, it's weird how business works because yeah. sometimes you have an influx of buyers and sometimes you have an influx of sellers. I would say in general, yes, you have more buyers, but right now I do have a nice little slew of listings, but they're going to all be buyers also. Yeah, they do. So, I mean, they're both. Yeah, I mean, that that's the nice side for you because the listing side just automatically gives you that, that yeah. buyer side as well. Now, if you ask my opinion, I feel like I don't think it's like, you know, I think it's slowed down just a tad, but I also mm -hmm. think it's just the time of year that that happens. Mm -hmm. And by slowed down, I don't mean like crickets, nothing's happening. I just mean, you know, where there might have been two houses, there might be four now. Or, you know, there's yeah. still not a lot of inventory yeah. by any means. And there is a certain little criteria that I think isn't as popular that builders keep building that are sitting longer. But, I yeah. mean, that's a lot of that's in East Nashville where they're building two and they're like, you know, two feet apart. And, yeah, two on one. Well, you know, people don't yeah. – a lot of people don't like that. So yeah. there's the, some of those sitting. The, the two areas where I saw getting into the three months, which is not out of whack, were the two wealthiest areas in Davidson County. Mm -hmm. You know, the East Nashville and Green Hills. Mm -hmm. And it kind of makes sense. I mean, builders like to build in the nicer areas and so forth. So, I mean, they, there's a lot of new construction in that area. Um, but, I mean, I, I just I think we're a long way from seeing too much supply. But it's something that builders, hopefully, my peers are keeping track of. I did talk to a, a peer that's working for one of the larger home builders in Nashville. And, and they indicated that their traffic is off like 10% year over year, which is an indication, but not 10% is not off 50%, which is what we would see right. Yeah. when things are really going to correct downward. Yeah, and the NAR, National Association of Realtors, Chris. Thank you. And Jimmy. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> they did a study. Actually, they're always doing studies, but they went back and compared the three months prior to the collapse to the last three months now. And they said, when you look at it and you go out to the, the website, either on Facebook, Money Man Mike Radio, or on moneymanmike.net, and look at these graphs, graphs for the current pace of home sales and if they're sustainable, because when you look at just the graph, I'm going to turn this around for everybody. Um, 
this corrected one. When you look at that and you add the colors back into the middle ones, and this is where the boom is starting, and then you're seeing the correction and the collapse. And when you're looking at the leading up to, to now, you could sit there and say, okay, are we leading up to another big boom and another crash? But yet when you turn back around and strip these numbers out and look at it, and the chief economist for uh, Trulia, Mr. Ralph uh, McLaughlin, explained it and said, the, the adjustment for population new home sales are at about 63% of their 50-year average level, which is way better than the 2011 lead up and nowhere near the heated point. So basically what they're saying is when you take and look at the graph of appreciation, the graph of growth, the graph of everything, and overlay it to today's current data versus the boom, we're nowhere near. Only 63% of what it used exactly, to be. Exactly. So to, to be here concerned, hey, there's a bubble. You know, we talked about that a minute ago. There is no bubble. And, you know, the same graph comes into play with the bubble conversation. You know we're close. So everybody that keeps on saying, hey, you're looking at this graph and look, we're on the same trend as we were back in the gloom and doom. It's about to be another train bust and well, I just wonder if there is a a tie into housing pricing. You know, are we hitting that level of housing pricing, you know, where it's not going to go any higher in some areas of Nashville? Or, you know, all those units still may be there. I'm just wondering about pricing increases in Nashville. If it's going it, to level out. Yeah, because it went so rapidly, so fast. Yeah. yeah. And then that's where I want to go next when we come back from the break. But that, that my concern isn't rates. My concern is where housing prices going and what what our house price is going to do. So when we get back from break, we're going to talk about that. Been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. We'll be right back. You know who else is hot? David Lugie sitting at the Titans game last weekend. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no sunscreen. Oh, What's your tip of the week? Oh, tip of the week? Okay. Uh... Sunscreen at the Titans game. Sun, sunscreen at the Titans game. No, I'm not doing that tip of the week. That's Chris's tip of the week. <laughs> we made fun of you. I, you I don't have a burn on my head. What was that Buzz Lyers? Was that he's a while? He's wear sunscreen. Why? There's a song out there. Uh, I don't know. I'll look it up. <laughs> what? Baz something. Jimmy knows what I'm talking I about. I do not. Yes, you do. Try to get in English. Uh, I'm going to Google. That's as close to English as I can get. All right. Oh, he's got the phone up. Uh, it's, like, it's, like, it's like he's, you know, we're doing a real business show. He's like tapping away on the computer, you know. I always like it on CNBC when they're typing away at the computer real fast. Baz Lerman, everybody's free to wear sunscreen. There hmm. you go. Everyone's free to wear sunscreen. Jimmy, look that one up. Maybe you should uh, play might, that one. Might have to. B-A-Z-L-U-H-R-M-A-N-N. And how did you come across that? Um, I am he just a, a plethora boy. of knowledge. <laughs> he has a teenage son. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, you'll have to make that our, our bumper music going out. Um, yeah. yeah. Find it. Let yeah. me go down to the used record store here. I'm not sure I'm able to find it on the internet. Go to Ernest Hubs down there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, David. So your tip of the week outside of the sunscreen at the Titans game. Oh, all right. Well, you know, a lot of people, it's been very, very, very dry. Yes. I don't think people realize how dry it's been, but it's been exceptionally dry the last few weeks. And the thing to remember is that soil will contract when it dries. It will get smaller and smaller and smaller. And the reason that this is a problem is it will open up gaps around your foundation where the soil will shrink 
mm-hmm. to the point where the gaps will break down right down into this down along the foundation. And the next time it rains, that gap was going to shoot water right down at your, at your foundation. Oh, and a visual image? Those yeah. pictures of the, of the desert? Yeah. Where everything just kind of looks like it's fragmented. Crack, crackles up, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bottom of a pond when it when it dries yeah. out and it cracks up. Yeah. And that water will go right down to the foundation and can cause foundation leak problems and foundation erosion problems as well, which is, can be an equally bad thing. So on a very, very dry week, like it has been, is the time to think about water around your foundation. Very nice. Water is the enemy. Water is the enemy. It's the redheaded stepchild of your home. (laughs) It can create the other bad word, mold. Dum dum dum. I know. (laughs) Dum dum dum. So if you if you have that problem, yeah, you get those cracks. Mm -hmm. Do you take you know ground up good top top soil dirt or Miracle Grow that small stuff and shove it in there or water your grass? Oh yeah. Yeah, and introduce a little introduce a little moisture, not quickly, but over you know, in, in the sprinkler format, for example, mm-hmm. and get that ground to re-expand. So you know, water your grass. But really, the easiest solution is water your grass around six o'clock in the morning. Get up early, water your grass six o'clock in the morning, water it for about forty-five minutes. Turn the sprinkler off. The ground will expand, and then the, you don't have to worry about when it rains that flash of water going right to your foundation. Because right. that's really the issue. The issue isn't that it rains, it drizzles a little bit, and the water, and the ground re-expands. The issue is you get one of these Tennessee flash floods mm-hmm. of water. You get two inches in an hour, and it goes right down to your foundation because the ground doesn't have the time to absorb the moisture and expand. Yeah. So just turn your sprinklers on is the easiest way to do it, but then also walk around your house, make sure that everything's good to go. And if you have any kind of negative drain back towards the house, you know, get some dirt and, and fill that area up. Yep. yep. Well, before the break, we were talking about the home prices. Yes. And, you know, I, I've i said before, you know, at, in, at the start of the show, and I've said many times leading up to today's show, is rates, I don't see them going anywhere, but the prices, I, I, I don't see them slowing down. I mean, they may slow down some, but I don't think they've – leveled off or going to hit their ceiling like Christmas. I don't know if you were really even suggesting that a minute ago, more or less asking. But, I mean, if you have a limited number of lots to build on, as David was saying, to me that still speaks to a supply and demand issue. You know, I, I every month I have a conference call with 14 other builders around the nation, and we talk about the market. And uh, Utah is very hot right now, and Connecticut's not. And Florida is doing okay, but not not hot. And so I will say this, you know, I think that overall nationally, I think we probably will see some leveling off. But Nashville, there's too many people coming to town, mm-hmm. too many, many people excited about coming to town. And and they're moving here and they're retiring here. We're seeing a bunch of halfbacks. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that term before, but um, there's people retiring out of Chicago, retiring out of New York, and they move down to Florida. They get down to Florida and they are too far away from their kids and they move halfway back. Yeah. And they've picked the first state halfway back that doesn't have an income tax. And we're seeing a lot of that, too. Well, Tennessee, I believe, i, I got to find the research on that, was the second most popular state for retiring mm-hmm. in, in this, you know, in the, in, I think in the U.S. besides uh, Florida. Yeah. Was that what Tennessee was? I'll have to find that research. That was a recent and, article. Wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. passed Arizona. Yeah. And it's because there's no income tax. People, you know, they, they get the little bit of income that they have from their investments and the interest rates being low was really killing them. I mean, they mm-hmm. can't get any kind of return on their money at all. And so they need to 
get rid of their tax liability too. And so they come halfway back to Nashville and other points around Tennessee yep. and, and they, they well, Andrew, are you home. seeing those prices, like I talked about earlier, just like still skyrocketing on a continual basis? Or you see them kind of leveling? Or? I see them personally in my day-to-day doing a little bit of a leveling. Now, it's all kind of depends on where you are, though, because, right. I mean, you yeah. can get in a little pocket where people are fighting over stuff and there's still bidding wars going on. That being said, the last few I've had, I'm still having had appraisal <laughs> issues. So, <laughs> so I guess they did go higher than, you know, what a lot of the values out there were. Yeah. But, you know. So I don't think, yeah, that's, I hear that a lot, that it's not, you can get the, the sales price you're wanting on the property, but there's been some questions of whether or not the comparables in the area will support right. the value at that point in time, correct? Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's hard to explain without seeing the numbers or looking at specific properties because it's almost like that model home. I don't know if the model home is really going to, paint the picture well enough but you can you can only build a house so or you can only put so many amenities into a house and have inferior comps and not necessarily inferior but they just they're just not macked out like the model well, every, every neighborhood has a, a cap well it always and has the a cap, cap and the cap moves but every neighborhood has a cap where you where if you you, you can build a 10,000 square foot mansion and it's still only worth what the house next door on either side is True, true that, and then, but just the way that shows up on the appraisals, though, I, yeah, it's hard. Like I said, it's hard to and describe how they value it and devalue this for this, and you know, oh well, this one had hardwoods and this one didn't, so we're yeah. going to give you plus, you know, a thousand dollars, or I mean, it's broken down really. Yeah, well, until you go through it and understand how to read the appraisal grids, and understand how all the adjustments work, and then understand the fact that they're going to run it through these automated systems, it's going to say the value is X as well that you got to work with. It's it's not only do you have to sell the house to the buyer, you got to sell it to the bank. I mean, ultimately, you have to sell the property to the bank as well, and the bank has to sign off on that value as well. I'll tell you what. I, now that we ha- all this is regulated, I can definitely see why an appraiser or somebody, you know, back in the day when lenders and appraisers could chat mm-hmm. and like, let me slip you a little dough or yes, whatever, and yes. you give me this value because I'll be I've called them. Please give me a thousand more dollars <laughs> on this house. It's so much nicer. Please. I mean, it's. I see. I definitely see how that yeah. happened. You, you, if you've been through the bad days and you come back to the good days and been there before it all started again, I mean, it's just... <laughs> you have to look at those appraisers because sometimes they don't have the information right. No. Oh, no, they don't. Oh, I've had plenty of them you call out in which they have the facts have changed it for... Yeah, you know, for the better or whatever. They miss a bedroom, miss a bathroom, or, mm-hmm. or or whatever. So I mean, I know you as an agent, Andrew, are, are probably looking through those with fine tooth combs and make Absolutely. sure the, the comparables are are accurate and they match up right. Absolutely. And we had a deal not too long ago where I got I got to give this agent just all the kudos in the world because he went out and paid to get the property measured, professionally measured, set the price based on those measurements. Long story short. The measurements were off by 600 square feet too much. Wow. So the comps. And he had paid somebody to measure it? Yes. It was a funky floor plan. So that's why he paid to get it measured to begin with. And they even messed it up. Because we don't do math well as realtors. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I better ask you a professional to measure this house. Basically, 600. We do the math. Yeah. yeah. Chris does the company. <laughs> the, the computer program does the math. <laughs> Very true. Hey, we got to go today. We're done. Jimmy's kicking us out. He's saying we got to go, giving us the flag. 
But uh, you've been listening to the Money Man Mike show here on News Radio 1510 WLIC. Check us out on the, online at moneymanmike.net and on Facebook at Money Man Mike Radio. We're out. Have a great day. <laughs>